Hello and welcome to Behold, a new fortnightly podcast where we cast our mighty gaze over the world of comic book film and TV properties. Who's we, you might ask? Well, I'm your host, Andrew, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Mick. Hello! And Rob. Hello! Uh, You might have heard us before, if you're a fan of the Geek Show properties, we host 4Panel, and now we are branching out into the new and exciting world of things we already talked about on this show, but now it's on its own podcast. Basically, we got bored about talking about still pictures, and now we talk about moving ones. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. But we are not just here to watch comic movie, TV and film adaptations. No, because that'd be a dull podcast. Would it? Oh, I don't know. Have we, have we completely missed out this entire premise? It's no, possible. I think I think as a video it'd be better. Shall I start streaming? <laughs> <laughs> no, we are here to answer once and for all the burning question on everyone's lips. What's the best comic adaptation? And by everyone, I mean mine, my my lips specifically. It is the thought that keeps me up at night, staring at the walls, wondering, was was Electra better or worse than Catwoman? Ooh. And those are both properties we're going to have to watch it. Wow. That's, we've that's, made a terrible mistake, guys. <laughs> that's not just scraping the bottom of the barrel, is it? That's like looking underneath the barrel, finding that there's a manhole cover leading into a sewer that then leads to, I don't know, a poisoned mine? Basically. But anyway, before we start this episode, I thought we should go through our current Master Rankings list. If you want to hear us talk about any of the shows we've got listed so far, you can find those on the four-panel audio boom feed. They should be listed as Behold now, or at least by the time people are listening to this. (laughs) So, at the moment, at number one, we have Watchmen, the TV show from last year, followed closely by the Arrowverse Crisis on Infinite Earths, followed by Birds of Prey, the uh, movie from this year, followed by Titans Season 1, followed by Birds of Prey from 2002, and way down, by which I mean at number six, we have Titans Season 2. I do want to point out, that's not an exhaustive list because we have covered other stuff like the boys, which still need adding. I mean, I just figured we'd do like a boys thing when season two comes out. I'm good with yeah, that. because we haven't really officially covered boys, have we? <laughs> <laughs> We've not done it since we set out on this mission to rank all the adaptations. And we are nothing up. on this show if not scientifically rigorous. Exactly. <laughs> And do you know who else is scientifically rigorous? Who else? Bringing us back around. Who else is scientific? (laughs) Tell us, Andrew, tell us. Everyone's favourite DC scientist, Harley Quinn, who has her own animated series now. She does. And by now, I mean, like, at the end of last year. But before, like, pretty much just before season two comes out, because that's that's April 3rd. April the 3rd. And season one finished? March the 3rd? Yeah, that's that's a heck of a turnaround. I suspect they ordered two half seasons. <sighs> You've shattered the illusion I'm of a, how television works, I'm, Mick. I'm a TV insider there, Anna. So, without further ado, behold, Harley Quinn. Not the movie, the cartoon. Well, the movie's not called Harley Quinn. Oh, actually, it is called Harley Quinn now. It's called Harley Quinn colon Birds of Prey. When did that happen? Theaters. <laughs> when did that happen? A few weeks ago. But after I saw it, right? Yeah, after yeah. you saw it. 
after all of us went to see it, they changed the name. So what's it coming out on Blu-ray as? Just Harley Quinn, I imagine. Harley Quinn, colon, birds of play, play, prey. <laughs> you see, you can't a, say it when it's following Harley Quinn. What if they just put out as Gotham City Sirens? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, because then you've got to include Catwoman in there. Catwoman wasn't in the film, was she? Well, she wasn't going to be in Gotham City Sirens when it was in development either. When it was called that in development. It was called oh. Gotham City Sirens for a while. Yeah, true. Anyway, this is neither here nor there. What is here and there? Harley Quinn animated TV show. Shall we start at the beginning, as these things often do? Yes, we I were, think we, we should. We pestered you for ages to watch it. Yeah, there's things to do. <laughs> and to be fair, I, I will say going into this, I did not like the look of the trailers. And I will say, I think all the things I thought I'm not going to like about this show, I in fact don't like about this show. It's just there's also a lot of other stuff that I do like a lot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, episode one, uh, we meet Harley Quinn, who is voiced by Kaylee Cuoco. Is that how you say her name? Is it Coco? Penny from Big Bang Theory. Yeah, Yeah, Penny uh, from Big Bang Theory. So yeah, after she is abandoned, not for the first time, by her boyfriend, the Joker, and with a little coaxing from her friend, Poison Ivy, she decides once and for all she's going to break up with him and set off on her own path as her own supervillain. That's right with the main aim of joining the Legion of Doom in her own right. Indeed. So, by episode, what did we think? Um, well, I overcame my dislike of the casting quite quickly. Yeah. The background to that being Melissa Rausch, also of the um, Big Bang Theory parish, played Harley in the animated movie Batman versus Harley Quinn. And she was very good. Very, very good indeed. Yes. Yeah, she, she's like almost perfect for what you think of when you think of the voice of Harley Quinn. Yeah. Absolutely. By so, which I guess I mean like Arlene Sorkin. Yeah. Yeah. So going into this, I, I was pretty much the same as you, Mick. I was thinking Kelly Quarko as Harley Quinn, that's never going to work. But I'll be honest, uh, I was impressed. I did like who they chose for Ivy. I thought, um, I can't remember the actress's it name. It is a Lake Bell. Yeah, she did really well as Ivy. Slightly standoffish and... weary uh, yeah, yeah, a little very, bit shy. Very Daria, wasn't she? Yeah. yeah. Which I like a lot. She's like one of my favourite characters. Yeah. But uh, I, I, I just like the fact that uh, they were playing on the whole... Uh, I mean, there was a serious side to the Harley Quinn cartoon, even though it's basically an action comedy. In that it's how do you go from being in this really controlling relationship to actually becoming your own person? Yeah, yeah, I think that was kind of the most pleasant surprise for me is this is like an actual story. There's like a lot of stuff about having to overcome a toxic relationship and move on rather than just like kind of the more gag humor that I thought it was going to be. Yeah, yeah. Like just, you know, a bunch of kind of self-contained one-off episodes where it's, ah, look, we're all kooky and wacky. Like, that is the show I didn't want to watch. Yeah. And thankfully, this wasn't that. Yeah, no, this this has got a surprising amount of heart. But it's got that as well. It's got the gags as well. Yeah. It is, yeah, thing. definitely. It does a lot better of kind of weaving them in. I, I will say, kind of right from the, uh, the start of the pilot and kind of throughout the series, the thing I didn't care for a lot in this show is I think it goes a bit too hard into being adult humour. Yeah. 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 I think it was trying for the R rating a bit too a bit too much. 
it works on certain levels, but it got a bit too much. But it does try and address the question of what Batman gets up to in the Batcave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. At the end of the Harley Quinn uh, Birds of Prey movie. And that is an interesting point. I feel like Harley Quinn, more than any other DC character, is that like the most consistent direction across franchises. Yeah. Like they're very good at saying, okay, Harley Quinn is broken up from the Joker in the comics. So we're going to do a movie about her having broken up with the Joker and also a TV show. I just really push, that is the direction of this character. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we're not going to relive 15 different versions of the origin story. Which I really think is a plus. I really like it when movies and TV shows build on what's going on Mm. rather than just try and regurgitate old stories all over again. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think the other way can be true as well. Like, especially with Marvel, you see a lot when the comics suddenly characters will have like abrupt personality shifts to be more like the MCU version. Yeah. yeah. And this just, this just feels a lot more cohesive across all of the things. Yeah. Yeah. Except also sometimes to the point where there was a period where I wasn't sure, did this thing happen in the Harley Quinn cartoon or was that the Birds of Prey movie? Yes. I think if, um, I think if Clayface was around, uh, it was probably the cartoon. Yeah. Oh, was it? Oh, Dr. Psycho. <laughs> Dr. Psycho. I love Dr. Psycho. Yeah, I guess saying that, that brings us into... <laughs> the crew. Yeah, episodes kind of two to seven, which focus on Harley sort of trying to pull off heists to get into the Legion of Doom and assembling her crew, who, as we have stated, consists of sort of Poison Ivy, but she's not part of the crew, damn it, but does end up on all their adventures she, anyway. She, she's not part of the crew, but obviously Harley's her friend, so... When the chips are down, she will help out. But absolutely, that's going to be the last time, right? Yeah. Absolutely, positively, the last time until the next time. And don't yes, smash exactly. my designer table. <laughs> it's going to be the last time for at least like another 20 minutes. Yeah. So we've got her then. We also have, as you guys have already mentioned, Clayface, Dr. Psycho, and King Shark. Who is amazing, but we'll get to him in a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I think... They all do really good jobs. Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> and also the well, yeah, the, the, the actors theory. who voice them do really good jobs. Yeah. The characters <laughs> are I was terrible at everything. <laughs> I was about to say there is one member of the crew that you haven't mentioned in that roster. Are you talking about Cyborgman? Yeah, because he's not part of the crew yet. No, but we'll, we'll get to him as well. But uh, he's Ivy's landlord, who eventually joins the crew after uh, after various shenanigans. But we'll get to those. But he's a wannabe member of the crew. Yeah, he wants to be involved. He doesn't want to be sidelined just because he's old and knackered <laughs> and falls asleep at like the slightest provocation. <laughs> so yes, I understand why Mick related to that character a lot. <laughs> Well, shall we go through the crew uh, from the beginning? Dr. Psycho was the first one. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, he was. <laughs> but as much as as much as I, I don't like a lot of the, like, kind of quite crude humour of it, I, I did think it was a very good joke where, like, Dr. Psycho, mid-fight with Wonder Woman, drops a C-bomb. Yeah. And the world itself stops spinning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's just looking at him in horror and he's uh, like... And this like, is why he gets expelled yes. from the Legion. <laughs> Lex Luthor holds a press conference to say they may be super villains, but they <laughs> but do they not condone. They do not condone that kind of language. Or oh, that level of misogyny. <laughs> oh, 
says the all male Legion of Doom. Yeah, do- <laughs> they, they have a female member. They can't remember what her name is, but she's there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Doctor Psycho is a character I'm not that familiar with from the comics. Yeah, I think he's a fairly minor-ish Wonder Woman villain. Yeah, yeah. I'm not surprised with language like that. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of much the same. He's kind of very short, got a big head, has psychic powers. Yeah. So, yeah, so Harley, and likes large women. <laughs> okay. So Harley kind of recruits him to help. Oh, goodness. They're, they're stealing something from Maxi Zeus, aren't they? Yeah. Which I I, I got distracted because there's many, many statues of Maxi Zeus with certain bits blurred out. Yeah. <laughs> when she's trying to recruit Dr. Psycho into the crew, someone happens to be the barman. <laughs> and that someone is Clayface. Probably one of the best characters. Yes, I like, because they've gone for the original Clayface, who was called Basil Carlo. And in this, he's voiced by uh, Alan Tudyk, who also voices the Joker. Yep. Yep. And does fantastic in both roles. And it's great, because he's just this ridiculously hammy actor. <laughs> he places emphasis on his <laughs> words. <laughs> like, I just love that first episode they're in, where they have to, like, Clayface has to go distract... Max. Max is used. So they just say, okay, Clayface, just pretend to be the mailman. He goes, but what's my motivation? <laughs> this mailman fought in the war. He was injured, but he didn't let that stand in the way. That's the kind of character he does for a five-minute distraction yeah. piece. And then he kind of knocks on the door. He's like, oh, I have mail for you, father. <laughs> <laughs> I and think. then does that whole thing where, like, Maxie's going through, you don't look like your mother, she had blue eyes, and then she, like, suddenly <laughs> changes his eyes to blue. And a hump. And it's, it's just, like, slapped <laughs> That's one of the Clayface's high points, but I think the other high point was when he got separated from his hand and Jim Gordon got yes. separated Oh, yeah, there's a whole episode where, like, <laughs> Jim Gordon becomes best friends with Clayface's sentient hand. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's, it's a weird version of Jim Gordon in this show, but I, I do like him a lot. It's, it's, a, it's a sort of divorced dad version of Jim Gordon. No, no, no on, the, uh, almost divorced. Yeah. He's not quite divorced yet. He's very much kind of a parody of that kind of cop on the edge character. <laughs> I love it in that episode because when Harley falls into the back, there's spoilers in this, let's make that clear, there are spoilers in this episode. But when Harley falls into the back cave, and she's talking to Batman, and Batman's trying to be stern and serious, and this screensaver comes on, and it's... Oh, about like how Jim Gordon isn't his friend. Yeah. <laughs> and then his screensaver's just like his birthday party. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got like the party hats on both his bat ears. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's the kind of attention to detail I loved about this show. Yeah. It's, uh... It is. It's also probably a good point to mention. It's a really well-animated show as well. Yes, it is. It yeah. is. yeah. Like, I know there's a weird habit of, like, adult comedies. There seems to be this, okay, it's a cartoon, but we we can't, you know, animate it too well, or it looks like we care too much. Yeah. Yeah, this this looks like someone's actually gone and said, actually, no, we want to make a, an animated series rather than animation. That's a cheaper way of visualising these jokes. Yeah. I think that's kind of uh, a legacy of all the other animated stuff that DC have done, because we've already said... Their animated stuff has been stellar. Compared, compared to some of the uh, 
big screen live action stuff. So. Yeah, actually, and yeah, especially I guess compared that is a good point there. If they're still doing things like their like Justice League animated movies, yeah, they maybe don't want there to be like a badly animated DC thing that people associate with them. I mean, uh, people, uh, if you talk about DC animated stuff, you're expecting quality. Yeah, because I, I mean, mean it, it has got a different style to the to the DC AU. Yeah. Um, in that it's 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 definitely more cartoony yeah. than than the the DC animated stuff, but it's still quality cartoony yeah. animation rather than say a South Park type thing or badly drawn things like Simpsons. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's even something like say BoJack Horseman, which is yeah. really yeah. great, but it's clearly like the focus is not on the animation in that show. Yeah. One of the things that I was looking at in particular, because this is an animated series, was the quality of the animation. And I was impressed because a lot of the stuff that you see with shows of this type, especially superhero shows that are aimed at a broad audience, you see them cutting corners in certain ways. But yeah, there's uh, certain sort of regular sequences that are clearly cut and pasted yeah. from episode to episode rather than created specifically for that situation yeah like yeah. i think there's actually like a really stand out for me bit for me that was just like a little sequence it was kind of um jumping ahead a bit to towards the end of the series where poison ivy got captured yeah as part of some big plan to like turn her pheromones into scary tree monsters and there's a bit where like she escapes and kind of grabs a guard off a grabs a gun off a guard or even grabs a guard off a gun i yeah. guess in- i mean it's the same effect yeah <laughs> in net terms the guard and the gun get separated. Let's not yes. get bogged down in detail. And the gun winds up in her hands through some method. <laughs> yeah. And what follows is like actually a really slickly shot gunfight. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's very almost a John Wick kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And just that's that's not the kind of thing you expect to see in like a half an hour wacky comedy. Exactly. So anyway, back to the crew. Yeah, because then as I mentioned, we also have King Shark. Who is just fabulous? He, he's he's oh <laughs> the cool starts, tech guy. Yes, that's off as the IT guy. <laughs> and he's just a giant shark in like a, a hoodie and <laughs> yeah. work trousers. <laughs> I love the fact that he's just so upbeat as well. Yeah, I don't like specifically. I enjoy that kind of character. He's like they're very upbeat, and then just like that can suddenly turn into a monster. Yeah, the thing is, he he, he comes across as being depicted as someone who's been on one of those criminal rehabilitation programs (laughs) (laughs) and he's learned a lot of buzzwords and positivity there's like two bits that include king shark that i absolutely love the first one is uh where he's getting broken out of prison (laughs) oh my god it was like really cheerily saying goodbye to everyone and then as i'm gonna kill all of you I love when when they're bringing in the new prisoners and they're all going fresh, fresh. He's like, "What did we say about that?" Term? <laughs> <laughs> and everyone just immediately clubs up, like, "Sorry, sorry, sorry, sorry." I think the best King Shark line is though. It's again like jumping to the end. So there's a bit where like basically Harley's about to be eaten by a giant wolf monster. Yes, that was and the then, second yes. bit I was going to talk about. And then we cut to later, and like I think it's one of the other characters just asks, "What happens?" And King Church goes, you know, people always ask me who would win in a fight between a shark and a wolf. It's a shark. After he spits out a wolf <laughs> <Yes>. born. <laughs> that was the other bit I was gonna I was gonna mention. The way he speaks is just so urbane and so polite. 
I think I think the other I think the other thing about um the series that that helps apart from the the main crew and the animation is the supporting characters. Yeah. The ones who aren't part of the crew but are regular guest members anyway of yeah. the cast. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes. Point we, Ivy's boyfriend is Kite Man in this. Let's just get out there and say it. And we've been saying it for a while, and you now understand why we say Kite Man is amazing. <laughs> yes, I think they did a really good job of Kite Man. Of like, it's one of those things where you exactly understand how every character feels. Where he's like, he is the most annoying person to be around, except like. When he's with Poison Ivy and he's actually quite sweet yeah. in a way that's still really dorky, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I love the fact that he keeps referring to his kite as a superpower when it's yeah. not. I mean, um, the uh, the bar mitzvah party, when he first oh, pops his kite. Bat mitzvah. Yeah, bat mitzvah. <laughs> but um, when he first pops his kite and he knocks the little girl into the yes. punch bowl. <laughs> And that, that's one of my favourite recurring bits of just Kite Man pops out his kite and immediately smashes things with it. Because he I has no spatial awareness. But the thing is, even the phrase pops out his kite sounds euphemistic. <laughs> I mean, he definitely intends it to be. So yes. Also, speaking of the bar mitzvah and excellent sporting characters. Ben. Yes. <laughs> I, I knew you were going If there. you don't mention Ben, I will blow you up. I, th- I think you mean they'll be them. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think what the Harley Quinn cartoon has done, they picked up on a lot of the commentary from previous DC stuff, like The Dark Knight Rises, and everyone taking the mickey out of how uh, Tom Hardy was talking in that film. Yeah, it, it, it is kind of mad to think about that there's now like an actual DC property which has a massive recurring joke about just making fun of Tom Hardy's Bane voice. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's such a simple joke, but I, I love it so much because it's such a ridiculous voice. Not just the actual uh, sound of the voice, but the way he speaks as well. Tell me, Joshua, why is there a bill for <laughs> Oh, no, no. It was more like, tell me, Joshua. You've got to put the hand over the Tell me, Joshua, why have you put out a hit on Harley? (laughs) But this is it. The thing is, even sort of a normal conversation like, what would you like from the canteen, (laughs) is done in the full-on Tom Hardy beer voice. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's a bit where, like, Joker steals his beef. <laughs> and he just goes and all the thing of, but you know I ordered the beef because that's what I wanted. I don't want the chicken. <laughs> all coming from like a seven foot tall Mexican wrestler man <laughs> with a ridiculous squeaky voice. <laughs> Who handles the finances for the Legion of Doom. Yeah. <laughs> I know that bit where he confronts Joshua and then trips over the uh, office chair. <laughs> Yes, while well, well, telling him, like, you can't be so impulsive. Trips over an office chair and immediately just throws it out the window. Uh, but, um, no, uh, do you know what What the best thing about this was? Um, just continuing with the spotting characters. There were characters in this. They weren't simply just there for, you know, just they there. Were, as, they were Mungag wonders. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They were actual characters. They would, I Robin only appears in one episode, but... <laughs> He's brilliant in that one episode. Yeah, I do them as America's little sweetie pie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that conversation with Batman at the end, 
where he's talking about the nemesis, and it literally, you know, the undertone for it. Yeah, they have like the obvious undertone, and then Robin just immediately turns around. Okay, can you tell me about sex now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, that bit does have one of possibly the greatest jokes of the series, which is Batman bringing Robin a sandwich, going, "I made this for you. What's <laughs> yeah. your favorite? No, you didn't. Alfred made this. I made, I him, made him make him it." Make it. <laughs> <laughs> Also, I think the best bit there is that Batman is voiced by Diedrich Bader. Yes. Who was the voice of Batman in the Batman Brave and the Bold cartoon. Yeah. Right. I love that undertone, though, in that conversation because it's playing on, you know, the Lego Batman from the Lego Batman movie where he's fighting all the bad guys and and, uh, he, uh, and Joker gets really sad because Batman goes, you know, uh, I like to fight around. <laughs> Just playing on that whole nemesis <laughs> bit, which again is picking up on st- other stuff that DC have done. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it, it does go like very well with the whole Joker has one person in this world who he cares about more than anyone, and that's Batman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now just reliving the finale. <laughs> <laughs> and Clayface is part in it. <laughs> oh, God, well, Clayface has to pretend to be Batman. <laughs> But it feels because I can't resist from singing the happy birthday song. <laughs> Louder than anybody yeah. else. <laughs> oh, I think Clayface had some amazing bits in it when uh, the Riddler's trying to do that TV cast. Yeah. Yes, where, like, where Harley finally joins the Legion of Doom and all of her crew basically just get thrown into the goon pool yeah. and get rented out to other goons. And Clayface goes with the Riddler and as he's making a threat on live TV, he's trying to give him notes. Yeah. <laughs> Emphasis! <laughs> and then this cyborgman, the landlord, who, uh, when they do the deep dive into Harley's mind, tries to put them in the oven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because basically they're all... So Harley has, like, a breakdown, and all the others go into her mind, and while they're all just lying on the floor, cyborgs, and oh, not again. <laughs> Guess he's trying to throw them in the furnace. Well, <laughs> he's trying to sell the apartment yeah. at that point, and he, they walk in with the uh, with the new tenants, and there's just these bodies all over the floor. But I like I, I liked Cyborgman in the Amanda Connor run of Harley Quinn. Yeah, and uh, so I was I was oh, really see, that's too. it because I didn't actually know he was from yeah, the comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But, um, is yeah, he also Connor a trans changer in that? He is. Yeah. Well, he doesn't go that far. He can't turn into a car. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't turn into the hearse from Ghostbusters. No, um, <laughs> the most like um, horrifying American werewolf in London style yeah. transformation. But in the Amanda Connor run of um, of the comics, um, Cy sort of is her one sidekick that she's got at the beginning, um, until she eventually finds herself a crew, and uh, it's exactly the same. The ex CIA kind of a sort of old man version of Cyborg, but <laughs> with this <laughs> sketchy past. Yeah, is definitely a war criminal. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it was just such a joy to see him brought to life because I did love him in the comic. He's, he's, he's just, he's one of those fun, like very specific characters, isn't he? And yeah. although, also one of those borderline characters where you're not sure whether to go, then laugh or laugh, then go, yeah. <laughs> Actually, there was a couple of those in there. Queen of Fables was one of those as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, see, this is maybe like the contentious bit of the episode. I really didn't like the Queen of Fables. Nobody did. 
No, I didn't I'm, like I'm her. I'm not a fan of her. I, I didn't like her as well. I, lo- I love the idea of her being stuck in a book of law. I thought that was a great idea. I, I thought the concept of Queen of Fables was good. Yeah, but she se- yeah. she seemed a bit too overpowered Yeah, for uh, this sort of show. Yeah, well, specifically because they've got the um, the episode seven where like she gets out of the book and she joins Harley's crew until they realise that, oh no, she's like a proper villain. And there's like a bit where she like slaughters a whole family picnic yeah. over their escape. And I thought that was like, quite a bit too far yeah but i guess you know the the writers probably thought if we have someone come in who's a proper villain and he's horrific it counterpoints the fact that we put together this group of villains that we actually want you to find quite lovable yeah i I get the concept maybe it was misjudged yeah i also feel it's kind of a bit of a problem because i feel like there is sometimes a bit of a disconnect between like how violent harley and the crew are yeah like, especially because, again, it's them going a bit over the top with a lot of the fight scenes. It's like you'll see how he hits someone with a baseball bat and there'll be, like, bones sticking out and blood everywhere. Yeah. And it's kind of... It can sometimes be a bit hard to see that as just, oh, no, it's okay. This is just wacky cartoon violence. This isn't, like, mm. you know, proper violence violence like the bad criminals do. Mm. Yeah. Also, there's a bit where King Shark eats... Just, like, straight up eats someone's head off. Yeah. Yep. But he can't fight his nature. That's right. Maybe I'm the real supervillain. Maybe you're the monster. I, I mean, Have you thought of that, Andrew? You're the monster. We established King Shark can't fight his nature in that episode with Robin in. Just don't yeah. let me anywhere near blood. Yeah. <laughs> it's also, to be fair, I did think that was a really well-timed joke of just like King Shark just walking through a facility going, you know, Harley, I'm so glad that you've finally given me the chance to like show my real skills and computers and watch <laughs> bite someone's head off. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but yeah, I mean, the Justice League do make a, an Wait, appearance is this, in it. is this the thing as well where, like, King Shark tries to resuscitate someone at some point and just sort of clomps on the head? <laughs> <laughs> but it was coming from a good place, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the Justice League make an appearance in this. First first up is Aqua... Well, Wonder Woman is the first appearance because she's uh, in that uh, bit with Dr. Psycho. Yeah. But then after that is Aquaman. No, after that is Superman, who actually... I really oh, no, yeah, 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 Superman. In the, in yeah. the Robin episode. Yeah, yes. Like Harley's kidnapped Lois, and then Superman bursts in. This is about the Daily Planet subscription. <laughs> <laughs> I told you $10 a month was ambitious. <laughs> exactly. It's, I, I love the fact that none of them take Harley seriously. Um, but then Aquaman, the Aquaman episode was fun. So, again, that one I have a little bit of a niggle with in that I just feel like the kind of, uh, it's Aquaman, he's the silly member of the Justice League who talks to fish. And I just, that's such an overdone joke. And I did kind of, there, like, there were some good jokes in there, but there yeah. were other points where I was just kind of rolling my eyes a little bit. And it's, oh, it's again another Aquaman talks to fish. Isn't that a dumb superpower? Hey. That's nothing compared to what Batman does with bats. <laughs> anyway, I did very much enjoy the joke, though. What's... Oh, man. It's something like King Shark says to Aquaman. Like, y- you're not my dad. Yes. And Aquaman says, that's not what your mother said. <laughs> and then a dolphin, like, comes up from the water and high-fives him. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I like the fact that Gotham City let Harley design part of their infrastructure. 
Yes, after yeah. threatening to blow up the city, she got to build the Harley Quinn Highway. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which, it's fun because it's like, it's referenced in a few episodes and then you finally see it towards the end and it's just this giant like Mario Kart <laughs> <laughs> complete with power-ups and loop-de-loops. <laughs> so, yeah. so uh, what was everyone's favourite episode? Oh, that's a... Uh, um... uh, it's got to be the finale for me. The finale just had so much going on in it. But I did like the Mindscape one as well. Yeah, the Mindscape one was fun. I think for me, possibly the episode before the finale, because I love the fact that Kite Man turns up to rescue everyone. Yeah, Kite yeah. Man gets a big heroic moment. <laughs> well, the, the, the thing is, the, fina- the, the finale is kind of two episodes. It's yeah. like a double part, uh, two parts. So when I yeah. say the finale, it's the whole... Okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, if anything, I'd, I'd really say the finale is like the last three episodes, yeah. Yeah. if not four. Because it definitely, like, towards the end, gets a lot more, like, one continuous story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of a, a series oh. of two halves, isn't it? The, the, the first few episodes of assembling the crew and going on a few heists, and then there's the, the build-up Yeah, to kind that. of building things up, and then... Yeah. There is a character we haven't talked about, and I think that um, we have to mention him at the very least. Frank, Ivy's talking plant. Frank was another bit I didn't like that much. That's my point. I didn't understand why he needed to be there. Yeah, he was a weird... Like, he's that specific comic relief character where he's the very over-the-top screamy one. Yeah. But, like, it's one of those shows where you don't need comic relief when all the characters are already comic relief. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, it was too... I mean, there, was a, the, there was quite a good bit for Frank where he was... Um, where he went on the road trip. Yeah. I quite like that bit. Yeah. That was, that beyond was, that, it was just a cheap rock, uh, little shop of horrors. Yeah, rip off. Really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And an, uh, one of those easy poison ivy gags. Yeah, I kind of agree with Andrew on this. In the show where you have so many jokes being told, do you need a character like yeah. Frank? I mean, I, I guess he kind of served a role as being sort of Ivy's conscious. Ivy is conscious. Uh, sorry, Ivy's conscience, <laughs> but. Only in a sort of kind yeah. of sarcastic way. It wasn't like... Well, uh, uh, sarcastic and not really... A, uh, he's not really like Jiminy Cricket. He's... No. Yeah. I don't know. You could even do that with it just being like a one-sided thing where Ivy is talking to a plant. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it wasn't enough to justify having this specific character who if... just kind of fell flat a lot of the time. <laughs> in fact, possibly it'd be funnier if she just had the argument with herself but directed it at the plant. See... And then... Yeah, that's why I, mean. I think it's a fun I, joke. Attributed the comment, the, the negative comments to the plant. Bizarre leap here. But do you remember that scene in uh, the Good Omens TV show? I mean, it's in the book as well, but the Good Omens TV show where David Tennant is watering the plants and they're all big and luxuriant and green and he finds a spot on one of them. It's like, this, this is going to hurt you more than me. And he takes the plant away and you can see all the other plants are actually terrified of him because they're all shivering in fear. And something like that, I thought, would have fit better with uh, mm. with Ivy. Well, Although the, the show really made me appreciate Poison Ivy has quite cool powers, doesn't she? She has yeah. quite cool powers in the uh, episodes towards the end. When she first goes giant and tears that tree in half, it's like, oh no, it's a kid. <laughs> yeah, because it's just got like four rings on it. <laughs> that, that was a good joke. <laughs> so I thought it was like probably one of my favourite episodes, one of the more serious ones. Yeah. Was, uh, I think... It's episode 10. It's Bensonhurst where Harley goes yes. back and like, yeah. meets up with her parents. And we get a bit of backstory for 
the Harleen Quinzel element of Harley Quinn. Yeah. yeah. But I think that was a good one because like it really got into, oh, this is why Harley Quinn is the way she is. It's like, yeah, yeah. It was, a, like even for an adult show, I think it was a surprisingly mature look at, oh no, the, this girl comes from like basically an abusive household. Yeah. And even like if someone's your parents, they can be awful people. Without being preachy or overly uh, sort of emotional about it, it does look into that whole cycle of abuse element of yeah. of those kind of relationships, which actually is probably deeper than the comics have ever gone, really, for Harley. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I feel like that is one of the occasions where it's like, okay, this is why this is, I don't rate it down in America. I don't actually know what the rating is over here. Because 18. Because it hasn't actually been released over here. Shh. But that was a fun trip to America to go watch yes, it, wasn't it? Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's like one of those things where, it's, okay, this is why it has like that more mature rating. Yeah. So you can actually explore things like this. Not because of what Batman does to bats. <laughs> Which again, but makers are going to really get into the spirit because that joke is funny because of how insistent Harley Quinn is yeah. on mentioning it at every single opportunity. It's because she really believes it. <laughs> also, just as a little side thing, I did like the explanation that Harley Quinn... Actually, because you've read... Was that in the comics that she trained like as an Olympic gymnast? Yes, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's mentioned that she's... That's, because that's, that's the bit that doesn't make sense otherwise. You've got to have that link that she did that as a kid because otherwise it doesn't make sense that she does it all because she's a psychologist, not a... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that, that, that was always like one of my things with Harley Quinn in the original cartoons. Well, I guess not so much in the cartoons because it's just a cartoon, but like in the like kind of slightly more serious comics, where it's like mm. she's a woman with a big hammer. How is she like going toe to toe with Batman? Yeah, and, and it's nice to have like a more solid. Okay, she's like an Olympic gymnast. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah, and um, yeah, it didn't. It didn't mention that. It, it didn't go into much great detail, as I recall, but it, it, it did mention it because when she was joining the roller disco team, uh, yeah. the roller derby team, which is in the, uh, again, in the Amanda Connor. And I guess that's yeah. the run that this most reminds me of. Yeah, which actually, she, actually you've done a me, because the roller derby thing is in Birds of Prey. Yeah. Not Harley Quinn. Do they not mention it? In no. The, uh, no. Not in, the, sure not in the cartoon. Oh, right. Yeah. It's not in the cartoon. See, this I told you it was confusing. This is the problem when they release these things so close together. And now you see why I got confused as well. <sighs> I'm sure they did a bit with it. Even if it was just a little clip in a montage. Like, I don't remember it. Yeah, maybe it was a montage. Possibly. Yeah. But again, but the roller derby thing was in a montage in Birds of Prey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We've got to go back and watch them again. <laughs> Which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. So, across the two screen adaptations of Harley Quinn that are currently available, right, some elements of them make more sense because she was a gymnast and both aspects of that were covered in the Amanda Connor run of Harley Quinn. That's me wheedling my way out of my lack of memory. <laughs> there we go. I do, however, have the advantage of being old, and therefore I'm excused from having memory lapses. Oh, no, you're right. You do have an excuse. Sorry, who are you? Excuse for what? Hold on. This isn't Paris. 
Is it Friday yet? <laughs> Andrew's looking at me and Mick just going, what are you talking about now? I mean, this is not unusual. This is how it's he spends not. most of the recording session. Uh, so, um, <laughs> I have to ask, what was your favourite joke from this series? Because there were a lot of them. There were a lot of good jokes, did I? I mean, it might be the Alfred made it, I made him made it. Yeah. That is a really good joke. Man, it's hard to get, because like you said, there are just a lot of very good jokes in there the show. There are, yeah. It's, it's, it's almost impossible to choose your favourite. I mean, there were some episodes where it was difficult to just choose your favourite joke for that episode. Yeah. Oh, I don't know whether you're not, because there was definitely one. I quite, I quite liked it when they got back into the Legion of Doom and Dr. Psycho wasn't allowed to do any crimes that involved women. Yeah. <laughs> that is it. It was one of those kind of on-the-knuckle jokes, but it was just just the right side of it. Do you know what? One of my favourite ones involves Kite Man. It's uh, in the penultimate episode when they ca- when she calls Kite Man to come and save them, right? And he's in his apartment, and he's designing the kite, and he's got three lines there, and he's missing the last line. He's like, I'm not sure what to do for this last bit. <laughs> no, no, I, I remember what my favourite one, the one that actually, like, Got a belly laugh out of me, which was just the whole thing with um, Bane when he recruits the crew to help him blow up the guy at the frozen yogurt place (laughs) who keeps getting his name wrong. I'm like, first of all, the reveal later on, the the Joker was specifically paying him to write the name. (laughs) And then the whole bit where they do the plan and King Shark's taking too long. So, like, Bane just detonates it and you just see a thing like fly out and land on the car. And then King Shark come flying out. And Ben's just like, and what did Todd say? And then he's just, he wasn't working today. And then Ben's just, hmm, I must have changed the rotor. Uh, and that, that just had me in stitches. Yeah. Uh, oh, God, and then that same episode, you have, like, the, um, the fish who cried orca. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, and then one day that fish yelled orca, and you know what happened? And I think it's just like, was there an orca? No, there was a wolf named orca who could swim. <laughs> this like, well, thank you for that story mostly brought to us by morphine. <laughs> uh. But it, it, it's, it's a funny show, but it does cover a lot of ground. In yeah. terms of in terms of what we, we we think of as a B plot in a movie, we've got friendship, betrayal, loyalty, abusive relationships, and it it does them all with heart. Right. I have like a, oh, a mental reality with the thing that Batman does with the bats. Suspected. <laughs> Only Harley's convinced. But uh, no one's given any evidence against it. Uh, true. But anyway, I have like a mental ranking of uh, superhero cartoon series. And what come on a ranking list of superhero adaptation that's a ridiculous idea yeah specifically Who animated would do ones such a thing specifically <laughs> animated ones and right at the top of the list is uh justice league and justice league unlimited which i think is one of the best representations of the superheroes and the storylines and everything like that but then under that is like x men the you know the old fox kids x men tv series yeah, yeah. um things like that but i think I think this version of Harley Quinn is right up there with the best I've seen. 
in terms of how it's approached everything and in terms of the underlying narratives yeah. that are in there. I think especially if you consider the fact that this is very much its own little yeah. like corner of the multiverse, I guess. Yeah. It, it reminded me a lot of the original Teen Titans cartoon in certain ways, only kind of the more mature adult version yeah, of that. Yeah, I, I guess I kind of understand in the sense of like, it's got that wacky humour, but also like a lot of heart and a lot of like actual good storylines in it. Yeah. I'll tell you what is going to be tricky though, fitting it into the next Arrowverse crossover. <laughs> well, I honestly, I was, I wanted them to, when, when they started doing like the different versions of the Earths, I wanted them to just have like a clip of the Justice League cartoon or something like that. I guess they could have to like an Earth C, couldn't they? I, I, I do now very much want to see like, it's the Flash going up against, I don't know, I guess, if we're technically going comics, then like Superboy Prime, an evil version of Superboy. Yeah. And just Flash like, we're going to stop you, Superboy Prime. And then on his shoulders, like a five-inch high animated Harley Quinn <laughs> who just goes on this incredibly like, foul art time. All of which is just beeped out because yeah. we're not in the, the 80s. This is the kind of crossover that we need. Yeah. I mean, they're going to have to do something big next year, aren't they? Or are they going to do something small? Which, I mean, tiny animated people next to real people. Oh, what we want. Or all the live-action DC stuff gets sucked through a wormhole into a cartoon universe, and all those characters that we know and love from the Arrowverse end up in the Harley Quinn series. I like this idea. Doom Patrol. Could you imagine a three-way crossover, Doom Patrol, Harley Quinn, Legends of Tomorrow? Oh, oh yes. I think Actually, Morphine's talking again. <laughs> if it's going to be anyone, it'd be the Legends crossing yeah. over into the uh, animated universe. It'd make up for that year they weren't invited. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe we can just get like a whole thing that is like that one scene at the end of Crisis of just all three of them dancing around <laughs> in a garden somewhere. <laughs> That's it. That's your crossover. That that's the yeah, episode. That. <laughs> Forty-five minutes of the Doom Patrol <laughs> dancing with. Oh, that reminds me of this week's burning question: Mick and Rob, did Harley Quinn doing a floss make you feel incredibly old? No, no. Oh. <laughs> it's because waking up in the morning and realizing I'm still alive and feeling glad for it. Yeah. That makes me feel old. I think the reason why it didn't make me feel old is because... Well, that, that went a bit darker than I expected. <laughs> I, I was heading in a completely different direction, but I don't feel I need to now. <laughs> you think that was dark? You should see Batman with the bats. <laughs> um. Anyway, season two, looking forward to it. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, obviously, big spoilers for the end of, end of season one. It left in quite an interesting place, like Gotham is in ruins... Batman is maybe dead. The Joker is seemingly just a normal person now with no memory of being the Joker. Yeah. And Harley Quinn is basically like the most powerful supervillain around because everyone else is dead or missing. Yeah. Including the Justice League. One final joke that I really liked, uh, or rather, it wasn't so much a joke, it was an Ivy put down because she has a lot of them. After she is reborn... And Harley's going, oh, is my single tear falling on you? Yeah, like, was my tears of friendship <laughs> brought you back to life. <laughs> and she's like, 
No, it was nature. Because she's half blind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the tears helped. <laughs> I... Also, just like the really sad and sweet and also very funny thing of Kite Man just living behind Ivy's grave now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that that's the thing. That's I think that's one of the reasons why I absolutely love Kite Man as a character in this. Because he is just, he's adorable. When he's in a relationship with Ivy, he's just adorable. He's, he's, kind of, he's one of those characters who's just so pathetic, you kind of have to love him. <laughs> the first time he meets Ivy and he accidentally poisons the kids, which sounds wrong when it's just me saying it like this. I mean, to be fair, he does also poison actual children by accident. <laughs> but then Ivy says, the antidote is at my place, and then they turn up at Ivy's place, and then she looks around, and there's just Kite Man's clothes all over the place. And then I think it really sums up his character of like his rationale is well, obviously, you only wanted me to come along because you want to sleep with me, because we all know that taking a taxi is much faster than going by kite. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that uh, probably brings us to the end of things there's only one thing left to do the rankings indeed the rankings if i can load up the thing i can load up the thing where go where go Ooh. number three. Ooh. i'd probably say number four. Ooh. below the movie yeah I'd, I'd say below the movie see i preferred it to the movie i used to, uh, mm. I, did. I think the biggest thing for me is the movie handles being a 15 a lot better than Harley Quinn handles being a 15 slash 18. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, uh, I'm I'm more willing to forgive the animated series because DC is ste- kind of stepping into new territory with the animated series, whereas this isn't the first time they've done a live-action version of Harley Quinn. They did it in well, the... Well, to be fair, it's not the first time they've done an animated version of Harley Quinn either. An R-rated animated series doesn't exist with DC, so yeah, this is new territory for them. Their first R-rated movie is it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that shoots that argument down. That's what we're here for. Now I'm going to stick with it. I, I do prefer the animated one to the uh, to the movie. I love the animated one, and the animated one is great for sort of like you know, 25 minutes of knockabout, um, irreverent fun. But I think. I think in terms of rewatch value, I think Birds of Prey probably has it. So, yeah, I think I'd probably agree with that answer to four. Okay, well, that's okay. fine. Yeah, well, say so it is number four. It's definitely better than season one of Titans. Yeah. Yes. So there we go. We have our new number four, the Harley Quinn animated series, season one. But I am looking forward to season two. I think season two will be a big improvement. I'm yeah, hoping I'm, it is. I'm definitely yeah. looking forward to it. Again, when it comes out in like a couple of weeks. <laughs> That's, Damn it, you, US TV, and making us wait all the time. No, it just it boggles my mind that for once, like a thing that is still a relatively new property, I have only just watched the last episode of, and the next series is already starting. The thing is, that's that's less of a gap than you get between the fall season finale and the restart after Christmas on a normal series. Yep. Yeah. Which is, again, why I prefer animation. <laughs> but it should take longer to make. It's even shorter than, like, in-between series of University Challenge. 
And that's literally just the time it takes to blink. <laughs> I'll find a sober student. <laughs> Look, I've seen University Challenge. They are definitely not all sober students. <laughs> I know. There's definitely a few teams where it's like the three brightest minds of our college and some guy we needed to fill out the numbers. <laughs> he is the bez to our happy Mondays. <laughs> I realise this is maybe very niche for our international audience, and I apologise for that. Uh, Google is a thing. They can look bears up. Uh, so we're basically finished, are we? Yeah, this is the end of the show. Thanks for listening. If you want to let us know what you thought of this episode, maybe give us your opinions on Harley Quinn, you can get in touch either on Twitter at BeholdPod or at Gmail, BeholdPod at gmail.com. Or, of course, you can tell us what you do with bats. I'd rather they didn't. <laughs> I mean, unless they are one of those like zoo people who are the ones that like feed the bat, the baby bats pieces of banana in those fun internet videos. <laughs> Tell me about that if that's your job. Send videos. Don't send videos if it's the other thing. <laughs> anyway, if you want to hear more of us, I want to hear other great shows on the Geek Show Podcast Network. I can certainly recommend Four Panel R comics and manga podcast oh they're good those guys they are well some of them are <laughs> why are you both talking about me <laughs> so yeah, if you want to listen to more you can find us uh wherever podcasts can be found we're, we're on pretty much everyone i think we're on audioboom stitcher I, I believe you can find us on acast yes you can spotify, spotify maybe yes itunes yes Definitely, actually, yes, YouTube, I think. Yes, maybe. Yeah. yes, on YouTube as well. <laughs> actually, yes, definitely YouTube, I think, maybe. <laughs> yes, we are on YouTube as well. Um, and I think also, that sums me up very yeah. well, to be honest. And if you want to just just basically cut out the middleman, and you can just head to our website. Indeed. Uh, just do it geekshow.co.uk. UK. We got there in the end. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I, I went in so confident and then realised I didn't know if it were .com or .com. <laughs> oh. If you want to help me remember the names of website addresses, you can donate on our Patreon. And that's all from us. So until next time, I've been Andrew. I've been Rob. And I've been Mick. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>